What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pop Show. Dan Snyder is officially gone. The Washington Commanders formally changed hands last week, with the 31 other NFL owners unanimously approving the $6 billion purchase by Josh Harris and his group. So today's podcast will break down what went wrong during Dan Snyder's tenure with the Washington franchise and why he still made more than $5 billion in profit despite never winning any big games. I hope you enjoy this episode, and let's get right into it. All right, so last week, the NFL's Washington Commanders were officially sold to a group led by Josh Harris for $6.05 billion. Now, first and foremost, that's the most expensive sports franchise sale in history. Number two would be the Denver Broncos, which were sold last year for $4.65 billion. Number three would be the Phoenix Suns, $4 billion. Number four would be the Brooklyn Nets, $3.3 billion in 2019. And Chelsea comes in at number five, $3.16 billion by Todd Bowley last year. So four out of the five are North American sports teams. We have the NFL, which is occupying the top two spots with the Commanders and the Broncos then the NBA with the Phoenix Suns and Brooklyn Nets, and the Premier League with Chelsea at number five. Now, in addition to Josh Harris, who, for those that don't already know, Josh Harris is not only from Washington, D.C., he grew up there, but he also owns the Philadelphia 76ers of the NBA and the New Jersey Devils of the NHL. But the Washington Commanders Ownership Group has 20 other limited partners. So these are smaller minority investors in the team. Now, this is almost at the limit that the NFL allows, but this is the perfect example of how expensive some of these teams are getting. At more than $6 billion in value, you have to divvy that up between a bunch of different partners. And Josh Harris brought in 20 different limited partners or minority investors. This includes Magic Johnson and fellow DC billionaire Mitchell Rails. Now, Harris, Josh Harris himself, will reportedly own about 30% of the team's equity personally, and the remaining 70% of the team will be split up amongst these 20 limited partners. For example, Magic Johnson reportedly owns about 4% of the team. Some of these investors are getting minority discounts, so say you own 10% of the team, that doesn't necessarily mean that you paid $600 million for it. You usually get a 20 to 30% discount if you're a minority shareholder. The reason for that is quite simple. You don't really have control. There's a lack of liquidity. You don't really get all that much in a lot of instances unless you are either famous like Magic Johnson or you own a significant percentage of the team. In most cases, you might just be getting season tickets and some access to some events. So you get a little bit of a discount and the majority shareholder is the one paying the premium for his shares. But again, that's either here nor there. Josh Harris is leading the group. There's 20 other limited partners combined, 100% of the team they bought from Dan Snyder for $6.05 billion. But most importantly, this means that the NFL is finally getting rid of Dan Snyder. Now, Dan Snyder is rightfully considered, in my mind, one of the worst owners in NFL history, quite possibly one of the worst owners in sports history. The story goes in 1999, Snyder sold his communications company for $2.1 billion. He then borrowed $300 million from a European bank. He assumed an additional $150 million of debt on the team stadium and paid a then record at the time, $800 million for the Washington-based NFL franchise. But over the last 24 years, controversy has followed Dan Snyder every single step of the way. Dan Snyder has faced multiple allegations of sexual assaults and harassment. He has been suspended and fined by the NFL more than $10 million. 
He sued his own season ticket holders who could not pay during the 2008 recession, despite claiming that the team had a wait list with more than 200,000 people on it at the time. And he also got caught selling expired peanuts at FedEx Field from Independence Air, an airline company that had gone out of business and had not sent any new peanut shipments in almost a year. So literally, Dan Snyder was buying peanuts from a defunct airline and selling them at the stadium. Super, super, super embarrassing. And really, that's like just the tip of the iceberg. I could name a million more things. Like Dan Snyder erected a statue last year, a franchise legend, Sean Taylor, that literally looked like a temporary mannequin. It was one of the most embarrassing statues I've ever seen in professional sports. Dan Snyder was also forced to buy out his partners. So he owned the majority share of the team, but he had three or four different partners that owned minority stakes in the team up until a couple of years ago. And then it was revealed through reporting that he took out a $55 million loan without them knowing, without getting their approval. And he was doing a bunch of other just crazy stuff. He was charging, one of the things that he did was he charged the franchise $4.5 million in advertising fees. Simply forget this, putting the team's logo on his own private jet. So his own private jet, he put the Washington logo for the football team and then charged the franchise a $4.5 million advertising fee. I mean, just absolutely ridiculous. He was also charging the franchise a fee for using his private jet which isn't absurd to be honest, but it was over $10 million in a single year. That seems ridiculously high for the use of a private jet. I don't care how much they were using it. That's high. He also only won two playoff games in more than 24 years. He won two playoff games in that entire time. And if you look at the chart of Washington's attendance rank in the NFL, Washington used to be one of the premier franchises in the NFL. In 2008, they had the number one attendance in all of professional football, literally ranked first this past season. In 2022, they were 32nd, so literally dead last. They went from first to dead last with Dan Snyder as the NFL owner. Now, I could go on and on and on and on, like I said, but you get the point. Dan Snyder is just simply not a good person, plain and simple. Whether you want to look at how he treats employees, fans, or players, or even how he treats everyone else. There's this famous story that if you haven't heard about it, I recommend you go look it up because it's almost too ridiculous to believe, and I'm not going to do it justice. But Dan Snyder famously bought a house on the Potomac River, and he had a bunch of trees behind it. It's a $50 million house. He had 140 trees behind the house that were blocking his view of the river. So he tried to give a $25,000 donation to the National Park Services to cut the trees down. He said, I'm going to donate some money. I'm going to go cut the trees down. And they had an agreement in place at first, but then eventually reneged on it. And he ended up working out a backdoor deal anyways that got him to be able to cut the trees down. So he cuts the trees down. A whistleblower comes forward and essentially says, wait, how the hell did this happen? These were protected under these laws. He shouldn't have been able to do this. Who got paid out of this? And Dan Snyder essentially tried to ruin that person's life. He pressed charges against them. He got them arrested for a bunch of phony, bogus charges. He got their house raided with search warrants. He essentially just ruined this guy's life. He got him sent to another position on the task force that was two hours away from his house. There's this Deadspin article where you guys can go read more about it, and it's truly insane, and it just shows you the type of person that Dan Snyder is and, and what he stands for, quite frankly. But I tell you all of this for one specific reason. It's really because none of this matters, at least not financially. That's because Dan Snyder bought a team in the national football, the NFL, which is the world's most profitable sports league and has done extremely well. For example, despite Dan Snyder's ownership tenure having more investigations, six, he literally has been investigated six times, than playoff wins, two, the NFL has seen its annual revenue grow 
from $4 billion a year in 2000 to nearly $20 billion today. And with all 32 NFL teams receiving an equal share of $12 billion in national revenues, that means the Washington Commanders received a check for $374.4 million last year. That's an 8% increase in national revenue year over year, and it doesn't even count local revenues like ticket sales, concessions, parking, sponsorships, etc. Now, I went over that a little bit quickly, so I just want to explain exactly what that means. The easiest way to think about NFL revenue from a team perspective is it's made up primarily of two different parts, national revenues and local revenues. National revenues are split amongst all the teams, they're gathered at the league level, and then they're divided amongst everyone else. This is primarily made up of TV rights, right? So the NFL just signed $100 billion plus in TV deals with every partner you could imagine. That's where the majority of this money is coming. So last year, the Washington Commanders, along with every other team, got a check from the league for $374.4 million. Now, the second part of this is made up of local revenues. This is ticket sales, it's concessions, it's parking, it's sponsorships, it's everything on a local level that's not done through the league. Now, there is a revenue sharing component here, too. It's all stipulated through the CBA, but it's split up, right? So some teams make more money on the local level, call it, you know, the New York team, the LA team, the big market teams, than the smaller market teams. They have to share some of this across, across the league, right? So all teams rise together, but it's two different parts, national revenue and local revenue. And the national revenue essentially means that no matter how bad you do, you're guaranteed some big check from the league, and it's going to make financial sense for you to continue being an owner of this team. And that has helped the Washington Commanders valuation go from $800 million when the team was purchased in 1999 to now being sold for $6.05 billion in 2023. That's an increase of over 650% over the last two decades. Dan Snyder didn't win many games and the fans absolutely hated him. He was accused of hiring private investigators to keep tabs on other owners and even Commissioner Roger Goodell. And Dan Snyder even received a $60 million fine from the NFL on the way out after a private investigation found claims of sexual harassment and financial improprieties to be true. Now, again, let me explain this. The sexual harassment is pretty straightforward. He was accused of inappropriately touching employees and stuff like that. You can go read the report by Mary Jo White. Those claims were found to be correct or at least partially true. So you can go read that. She breaks down exactly how they determined that. But the second and the, the more financial part of this agreement is that Dan Snyder was accused and ultimately found to have done something. Essentially, what he was doing was he was hiding shared revenue from other NFL owners. So again, the way that it works is on a local revenue level, a percentage of your ticket sales, a percentage of your sponsorships, a percentage of your concessions, a percentage of your parking, all of that goes to other teams, a small percentage. But what Dan Snyder was instructing his employees to do was to move that revenue or pieces of that revenue to non-revenue sharing buckets, right? So some of the things that are non-revenue sharing in the NFL would be if you hold a concert, right? So all these big NFL stadiums that are holding Taylor Swift concerts at their stadiums this summer, those are non-revenue sharing items. So those are items outside of the NFL. You do not need to share that with other NFL teams. That's why the NFL teams love it because they're highly profitable endeavors for them to go do. There's other things like college football games that Washington was doing and other stuff like that. So basically anything outside of the NFL does not go to other NFL owners. So what the NFL was able to find through this independent investigation was that it was common. It was common throughout the Washington franchise for executives, and they say that Dan Snyder had to have known about this, was to direct 
revenue that should have been shared with other NFL owners from NFL entities or NFL events to non-revenue sharing items. So they would literally move a percentage of ticket sales, a percentage of sponsorships, a percentage of parking, percentage of concessions, all of that to other items. So they would say, oh, that was actually from the football game that we held for the college teams last week. Obviously, that's not true. It's not right. And that's why a lot of other NFL owners eventually wanted him out of the league. But still, it doesn't matter because Dan Snyder and his family, who his sister owns 12.5% of the team and his mom owns 6.5% of the team. So he owns about 80% of the team himself. Those three individuals are still going to walk away with more than $5 billion in profit on the deal simply because the NFL has a, a revenue sharing model that rising tide lifts all boats, right? Everyone benefits when the NFL has success. And that business model has created basically a bulletproof business plan for all of these teams. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. If you look at the purchase price of the NFL teams that have sold over the last decade or two, it is up and to the right. It literally cannot be going more up and to the right. There's teams like the Falcons were sold, I think, in 2002. You had the Ravens, the Vikings, the Dolphins, the Rams, the Jaguars, the Browns, the Bills. All of those teams were sold for either less than a billion or less than two billion. All less than two billion, though, right? Over the last two decades, the Carolina Panthers were sold for just over $2 billion in 2018 or 2019. And then now you have these two recent sales with the Denver Broncos and the Washington franchise, which were $4.65 billion and $6.05 billion, respectively. So valuations have absolutely exploded across the NFL. A lot of this has to do with the media rights agreements they've been able to sign over the last couple of years with Amazon, with ESPN, with Fox, with CBS, everyone else, right? So those deals are going to be worth more than $100 billion over the next decade. All the NFL teams are going to be sharing in that revenue, along with other local revenue streams that come from the biggest markets too. And that makes my point, right? That Washington, it doesn't matter how many games they lost. It doesn't matter how many times they got investigated. It doesn't necessarily even matter how many fans showed up to the game, right? Because they were still printing money on a national revenue basis. And their franchise is in one of the biggest media markets in the country. So they were able to sell for more than any sports team in history has ever sold for, despite all of those things that I just mentioned about Dan Snyder and his other ownership groups. Now, look, that doesn't mean that this is going to be easy for Washington's new ownership group. Just because Dan Snyder sucked as an owner doesn't mean that it's going to be easy for you to turn things around. In fact, I would argue that Josh Harris's team and his group has their work cut out for them. They're going to have to do the obvious stuff, like repair the team's reputation with their fans. They're going to have to analyze the roster. They're going to have to make decisions on front office staff. Are you going to be keeping Ron Rivera and his coaching staff? Are you going to be keeping the GMs? Are you going to be keeping the president? Are you going to be keeping other individuals associated with the franchise? All of that's new, right? And in some cases, they keep them. In some cases, they want to bring their own people in. But they're going to have to make all those decisions. And more importantly... Washington also needs a new stadium. Their stadium is literally falling apart. They've been trying to figure out a deal for a few different years now. Now that the sale has been green light and dealt with, they're going to go have to figure that out too. That's expected to cost several billion dollars. And it's going to probably take years of lobbying with local politicians to get a deal done like this. So that's another big thing to keep your eye out for. This could 
quite frankly, potentially make or break the franchise, right? If this project goes well or not, it's a big line item. It could potentially be a big part of their market cap or their enterprise value going forward. So I think it's something to watch with the Washington franchise and what Josh Harris is able to do. Now, I don't know if some of you guys saw this, but Josh Harris, on the day that the deal was announced, he called into a local radio station and literally bought beers for everyone that was in the bar at that time, spending thousands of dollars. And when you're buying a team for $6 billion, I don't think you care about three, five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000 in a bar tab, but it just goes to show he gets it. He's from Washington. He has seen the team suffer. I do wholeheartedly believe that he's going to be turning things around. He has done an excellent job with the Philadelphia 76ers, with the New Jersey Devils. He's a professional, right? He is literally the exact opposite of Dan Snyder, and he's going to do a great job. The other thing to keep in mind is that they could potentially rebrand again. We've seen them rebrand now several times over the last few years, from the Redskins to the Washington football team to the Commanders. Maybe they do it again. Magic Johnson and the other owners have hinted that that's something they will consider. I would typically be against this, changing the name again and again and again. But you're one year removed now, or, you know, at this point, we're a week removed, but you will be six months removed, a year removed, 18 months removed when this finally, if they do want to change names, goes through. And you're almost like just deleting the past, right? You're getting rid of anything that has to do with Dan Snyder if you're able to do that. So it may not be a bad thing. Maybe they don't like the commander's name. Obviously, Washington fans have been, you know, let their voice be heard on what they think of the recent name changes. So maybe it's something where Josh Harris and his other owners come in and say, we're going to do this immediately and it's going to set us off on the right foot. Maybe that's true. But whether the new ownership group ends up winning the Super Bowl or losing every game, quite frankly, the bar is pretty damn low for them to be successful. And if they just do everything exactly the opposite of how Dan Snyder would have done it, they'll probably be all right in the long run too. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I am excited to see how this goes. It's not every day that you see sports franchises trade for, you know, billions of dollars. This is the most expensive sale that we've ever seen in sports. And quite frankly, it crosses a bridge of what these sports teams have come. They've become legitimate, legitimate, legitimate businesses. These are big enterprises. They have huge staffs. They're multi-billion dollar assets. And they're now going to be run like that, right? We're seeing sports leagues across the United States, whether it's the NBA or other associations like that, changing their ownership structure. They're now allowing, allowing private equity funds, sovereign wealth funds, endowments, pension funds to invest minority stakes in these franchises. I think it's a matter of time before that comes to the NFL. One of the things about the NFL is, and this is the perfect example with Washington, these teams are just getting too expensive. You need other investors to be able to invest in them. No matter if there's, you know, 30, 32 teams, depending on the league, you still have to have access to liquidity and capital to invest in these teams. And the NFL is notoriously slow with some of this stuff. They did it with sports betting. They've done it with a bunch of other decisions too. And my guess is that probably happens within the next few here, years here as more teams go up for sale. But that's something I will keep you guys updated on as always. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Happy Monday. Have a fantastic week. And please do me a favor, share this podcast with at least one of your friends and help me help you by growing it. Have a great day. We'll talk on Wednesday.